As a South Asian, I thought there were only three career choices, doctor, engineer, or failure, and that I have to go to a top-ranked university. Are you telling me there are other options? What's it like to interview MMA champion Demetrius Johnson, Scribe Media CEO Javon McCormick, and other notable folks without a college degree? And what can they teach us? How can I leverage LinkedIn and Twitter to 10x my career advancement strategy? And this guy started a site called nodegree.com. Is he completely anti-education? Stay tuned as we touch on these and many other topics on this week's episode of Untether Your Life. Welcome to Untether Your Life, a show that empowers you to own your own health and break free of templates for managing physical and mental wellness and looks at key issues impacting the South Asian diaspora. I am your host, Nikhil Torsikar, and I'm passionate about the power of conversation to catalyze change. One of the main objectives of Untether Your Life is to shine a light on members of the South Asian diaspora who have broken free of the limited, quote, doctor, engineer, failure menu of career options in which one's self-worth is dictated by the U.S. News and World Report ranking of their undergrad or graduate alma mater. As such, I was delighted to cross paths with Janaida Iqbal, today's guest. Janaid is a UMAP certified career coach who has helped hundreds of candidates land jobs, interviews, and promotions at Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Meta, Spotify, and other top firms. Janaid is set on shattering the stigma associated with hiring people without college degrees. It's no surprise that he founded NoDegree.com, a platform with job listings that don't require college degrees. And no, to answer the question in the intro, he is not anti-education. In fact, he holds a master's degree in actuarial science from Columbia University and did his bachelor's at Queens College. He spent some time working in corporate and works with many candidates possessing college degrees. He just understands that the college route isn't for everyone. Regardless of academic background, everyone has something to offer and deserves meaningful work, especially since a degree isn't always an accurate representation of a person or their intelligence. So whether you have a degree or not, Janiad can help. And with that, let's get untethered. Before we start, I would love if you could just tell us a little bit more about your background. We just get started. Yeah, so I'll tell you, I'm the founder of NoDegree.com, which is a career platform for those without college degrees. I'm the host of the No Degree podcast, where I interview people without college degrees and have them share their stories. I started NoDegree.com because I saw that there was a lot of opportunity for those without college degrees, but there wasn't a lot of awareness or education. Like people don't realize. How do you become a welder? How do you become a plumber? How do you become an electrician? How do you work in sales? How do you become a developer? How do you do all these careers that you can get without a college degree? And how do you move up in them? And there are so many interesting jobs. I know people, you know, who are making like a million dollars working jobs, not even like businesses, working jobs because they're in sales. They moved up in their careers and they made the right moves and they networked and they demonstrated their skills without college degrees. Now, the funny thing is I come from that Southeast Asian background. I was born mm -hmm. in Bangladesh. I came to New York City when I was three and I grew up with school, school, school. You know, that's the most important study all day, read. And the fact is, even if my parents weren't like that, I would still read. I was still like a reader, right? That's something I enjoyed doing. And, you know, I did good grades. I went to a specialized high school in New York, Bronx, yeah, Bronx Science. Science, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like a top 20, 30 high school in New York City. And I didn't like the culture of that school because it was like, oh, my God, you went to community college. You're a failure. Oh, my God, you didn't take all these AP classes. Your life all is the over. the expectations of what it means to be a yeah. success, right? And then you grew up with parents who were like, oh, my God, like I used to get good grades. 
and it was like, oh, you got a 94. Oh, this kid got 96. You got a 98. Oh, this kid got 100. You got a 100. Oh, why don't you do some extra credit to do? It's like, why? That's just dumb. I got 100. Like after a certain point, the diminishing returns, like, look, try to do well as well as you can. After a certain point, it just takes way too much effort. You know, just like, hey, to get in shape versus to get in extreme elite shape, right? It's a whole difference, right? One takes maybe like three hours, five hours a week, right, of working out. And the other thing could take 15 hours of like 20 hours of a dedicated routine and crazy discipline. Like, it's interesting because the Bronx science, like, is it mostly kids who are on scholarship? No, because obviously it's there's no scholarship. No, no. So there's no scholarship. So you have to test into the school. So it's a public school. But you have oh, to test okay. in. So there are a couple schools that you test in. Stuyvesant has the highest scores. Then it's Bronx Science. Then it's Brooklyn Tech. And some others. They kind of change over the years. So even if you are rich, you can't get in unless you pass the test. So whatever. I got high enough. And there were kids who did mm. really good in grades who studied, but they just could not pass the test or whatever. Get the appropriate grade. So it was like that. And the culture was just like. You had a whole mix, right? But overall, it was a culture of like, you got to go to this school. So they worship to the point they worship these people. Mm -hmm. And it's just sad. Whereas like if you were, you know, going for a job that doesn't necessarily pay as well, or you choose a different career and they had so many misconceptions. Oh, you're a plumber. Oh, whatever. And I know plumbers making a million dollars a year. So it's like, who are you to judge? You know, just because you're an analyst at some big company that overworks you and all that. So I just didn't like the culture. I was part of the wrestling team. That was my favorite part of Bronx Science. And that's all I cared about. And that's where I learned the most. I learned way more from wrestling than I ever did from any of the classes. And the teachers are assholes because they would give like three, four hours a day of homework. And it's like, dude, I'm traveling 90 minutes on the train. I get yeah. out of wrestling practice 637. I'm getting home like at 9, 839. And then you have four hours. Like I used to sleep like four or five hours. It like ruined my that's brain. Yeah. And teachers, they're just jerks. And then they started giving detentions if you were late to class. So the subway could be late and you're like two minutes late. Three times lateness is detention. If you get detention, you can't go to practice. It's like all these things. It was like a prison. It was the worst time of my life. Right. So going into college, you went to Queens College. I went to Queens College as undergrad and Columbia as grad. Let me tell you, college was a breeze, like Mm -hmm. a breeze. Like I got like a three point eight GPA and wow. like I aced my classes like it was so much easier because I was actually getting sleep like right it's amazing yeah. the restorative power of sleep I mean it's something that it's so messed up in our culture man yeah. it's just like sleep deprivation I mean that's kind of seen yeah. as a badge of honor it's you know dumb. and as I was telling you before I mean our podcast is all about mental health and people neglect all this stuff they go into working out like crazy they go into like all these supplements and stuff and they neglect things like sleep. And you can obviously attest to the fact that that's it's so terrible important. for you. Yeah. Just curious, Jared. So obviously you've got no degree right now. And I think it's an amazing message you've got and it's very valuable. What was your perspective on career? And as we talked about the template or definition of success in college, walk me through a little bit about that, because I know as South Asians, especially in New York City, I'm sure it's a very competitive environment. Yeah. So look, for my definition of success, I have high standards for myself, but my Mm -hmm. standards are not society standards. Like, 
Sure. For me, it's like when I was wrestling, I was captain of the team, but it's like I wanted to be the best because I love the sport and that was something I truly enjoyed. So for me, I hold a high standard for me in that because I enjoy it. But for me, success wasn't necessarily the title and all that. Mm -hmm. I was just like, yo, I want to make some money and I want to save it and I want to invest it and I want to have freedom. That was my definition of success. I never subscribed to my parents' thing. I just ignored it. Like I don't listen to my parents' advice. I just like Mm -hmm. doctor. And I was like, yo, I don't want to do that. That's not me. That's not my personality. And I'm so glad because had I become a doctor, I would be stuck. Not that we don't need doctors and all that, but so many doctors and so many people in dentistry and all these things, they do it because of their parents. There's not passion for the career. It's not because they want to help people, right? It's because they like the status. Yes, they provide a value to society, but they do it just because like any other person does a job, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that was my thing. I saw an actual was a good career. I was like, look, I liked it because you pass exams and did all that. But then I realized I'm like not a corporate person. And even Mm -hmm. now that I have a job just because of whole life scenario, I work for a blockchain company, so it's super flexible. Like, they don't mind that I podcast in the middle of the day. They, like, support the podcast. Whereas, like, a corporate wouldn't do that. So I tell people, doesn't matter what your definition of success is. You follow it. If you believe being a doctor and you like that status, good for you. But don't push other people towards that definition of success. Let other people have their own definition of success because we need people defining success in different ways. And the other thing is, There are some things I subscribe to. I'm very competitive and other things I'm not. And it's okay. You need people to have different passions and different ideas. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about like the genesis or the origin of No Degree. So I was on Reddit, April Mm -hmm. 2014. Someone asked for those of you without a college degree who make over six figures, what do you do and how do you get the job? I was reading the answers. It was like, I'm a claims adjuster. Mm -hmm. I'm a plumber. I'm an elevator repairman. I'm a surveyor. And I was thinking like, no one grows up and says, I want to be a surveyor. No one grows up and says, I want to be a claims adjuster. And all the answers was, how'd you get the job? Oh, my uncle, my cousin, my neighbor, my friend. It was all right place, right time. So I was like, what if you don't have that uncle, cousin, or neighbor? What do you do? And I was like, you're stuck. And I was like, why can't I be the uncle, cousin, or friend? And then the other thing is, there are so many hardworking people who work in retail, like a Dunkin' Donuts, like a Best mm-hmm. Buy, all these things who have a lot of capability, but they're stuck. They know how to work. They don't have people guiding them. So I was like, why can't I be that guy? And, you know, I bought the domain name, nodegree.com. It was like 1400 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it was just a bunch of years of research and just growing as a person. And I quit my job in 2018, four years, full-time entrepreneur. Now I got a job again, just again, life happens, but you know, it, yeah. it's going to work out. So I'm happy, but it's a long road, man. It's a long yeah. road. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that you made like the, what is it? The top 100 LinkedIn creators. Well, LinkedIn 200. Creator? Yeah. 200. Okay. So I was 145, but I could make the top 100. I've been slacking on LinkedIn the last year. <laughs> so I'm going to try to make the top 100. Yeah. I mean, it's true. People see like, there's always that image of the iceberg, right? When they see like the summit or the peak of the mountain, and then they don't see the foundation and all the struggle and the hardship that, that went to it. Right. And it sounds like that's something that you're pretty familiar with. I mean, sort of having, it sounds like no degree has gone in in a lot of directions. The podcast is kind of how I came to know you. Actually, I I think we had connected because we had some common connections on LinkedIn. And then what was interesting with you is you were, had a pretty good credibility and a pretty good brand on LinkedIn. And then you decided to try to boost your brand on Twitter. And it sounds like that's gone pretty well. Tell me your like views on like social media in terms of like, how it has shaped the business, like in terms of 
how you're advising clients on how to leverage it and and what your journey with social media has been. I got on LinkedIn in February 2019. I know Gary V said it. Somewhere I learned that the organic reach is high. And then I was answering questions on Quora before. I was on Instagram before that. So I was like, you know what? Forget Instagram. Let me go on LinkedIn. Instagram, I'm competing with girls with fake butts and celebrities <laughs> and rappers and athletes. Yeah. And I was like, LinkedIn, I'm competing with accountants. I was like, I can beat accountants. Right. 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 And then I was like, LinkedIn is a more career-based social media platform and it's perfect for nodegree.com. What I started with was I used to do a hundred comments a day on LinkedIn. Oh wow. So okay. anybody who wants to go on any platform, well, not any platform, but LinkedIn, Twitter, start with even 30 to 50 a day. Like people want to grow, but they don't want to put in the work because I love building others. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a hundred comments a day and I'd even post content for months. I would comment, comment, comment. People knew me just off the headline and they saw that I was a supportive guy. And even now I still do comments, you know, right? Just not at as high of rate. And then even when I was growing on Twitter, 50 to 100 comments, I'm talking about supporting mm-hmm. others. Sure. Now I toned it down. But how I approach content is first learn the language of the platform. Mm-hmm. What are people looking for? And I don't go for hacks. Like there are easy hacks to grow, right? On LinkedIn, you could post crappy quotes that don't, have much substance like be kind to everybody right. and you can grow but my thing is it's like i want to grow because people like yo this guy is actually giving good insight like i'm learning something from him this is something i didn't think about or wow i've had this thought but i didn't put it into words Janai put it into words and you know actionable advice i don't want to give fluff advice like the feel good kind you want to be like, authentic too yeah right? i mean authentic and valuable right mm-hmm. so i want to share a real story then you have to find your own voice. Like I found my own voice and I'm very comfortable with myself. So don't copy me. I take inspiration from others, but I don't necessarily copy them. I get an idea of like, you this is what I like and here's how it's going to work for me. I don't mm-hmm. like this part. I like this part about them. And then just testing what works and then really going deep. I mean, I took a hundred hour course on Facebook ads that mm-hmm. gave me some insights into algorithms. And then I try to find the right balance of like how I can work the algorithm but also create good content and deliver value. Because there's ways to work the algorithm while gaming it, but I try to organically work, do it in a way that I'm building a community. Because once you build a community, you're algorithm proof. True, true, yeah. In terms of content creators, you mentioned Gary V, and you've definitely got a very unique brand, but are there any content creators that have inspired you or any messages that I think have, have sort of helped you in building out your brand and yeah, your platform? So- you know what? I won't necessarily give a name because smaller content creators inspire me. I'm mm. not a big fan of large ones with teams and all that because a lot of times they have a very superficial gamey like, hey, look how I'm amazing. And it's not Take my master from- class. Yeah. Mm. A lot of it's virtue signaling, like I'm a great person, blah, blah, blah. So I'm a big fan of small content creators who are just supportive, who are just sharing their voice, who it's not about being as polished, but you're getting actionable insights. And that's why I like Twitter a little more. Twitter is like, their content creators would never survive on Twitter because Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is like, they found this niche, but LinkedIn is the best content creators aren't on there, right? They're on Twitter, right? They're on TikTok. They're on these other YouTube, more competitive platforms. So I would say, find your own voice, keep trying things. Don't be afraid, experiment, but find something that feels right for you. Mm-hmm. Which of these has been your preferred platform if you have one? Yeah, yeah so me... LinkedIn was the first place. It's the home. It's where I met a lot of people. I will say I do like Twitter more in yeah. some aspects, but LinkedIn, still good organic reach, still great people. Well, LinkedIn, I mean, what kind of annoys me about LinkedIn is it's kind of like 
you know, they're trying to be more authentic, but it's almost like even the authenticity is formulaic, you know, like yeah. it's almost like every post has that syntax. Yeah. Like it's always got that shocker line yeah. and then you scroll down and there's always like, and then, you know, I found my voice and I, yeah. you know, even though I fell down a pothole and landed in a sewer, this yeah. leprechaun saved my life. Yeah, it's <laughs> I so found bad. Pot of gold. It's yeah. like, come on, man. How stupid do you think we are? But I'm with you. I mean, I just love Twitter and I think Twitter spaces, I think that's how you and I actually connected because, and I think I might've said this on the space is it's just like with Twitter, it can get kind of inflammatory, you know, especially after the last four years, you know, just the temperature has really gone up, right? Where people's emotions are high and they're tweeting, you know, political back and forth. So it can get kind of incendiary, but I think Twitter spaces, I think it's great for people like myself. I mean, I'm pretty introverted. It's interesting. I'm introverted, but I enjoy public speaking. No, you know, you know like, what's interesting? You, yeah, Sorry to cut yeah. you off. Yeah, yeah. A lot of introverts are great public speakers because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. So this is a common misconception that people have. People think that introvert means you're not socially good, right? which is not true. You can have great right. social skills. All it means is social situations tend to drain your energy and drain your battery. And you just need time yeah. to yourself that you need that time where you're reading, where you're sitting on the couch and you're doing all that. Like, trust me. I don't know if you're into MBTI. Do you have like a Myers-Briggs type? Yeah. Or... You know, it's funny. I tied with two. Like I had an even yeah. thing, but I'm an ambivert. So I'm neither mm. an extrovert. Situ- so it's situational. Yeah. No, it's not even situational. Oh, okay. It's okay. so, so look, introvert gains energy by being alone. Right. And social situations drains their energy. An extrovert is the, right? They need the social situations. That's what they live for. That lives up. That drains them up. Yeah. 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 Ambivert is like, neither. I don't need either. So I don't Mm. need that recharge and I don't need the people. So the beauty is, is that I can talk to people all day without being drained. And I do enjoy the other situations, but it doesn't live in me up. I'll tell you, I don't actually don't like loud environments. Like I like talking to people. I prefer smaller, more introvert. How have you managed to be a lifelong New Yorker, man? I mean, it's like... No, but look, I'm the guy who brings people together. Like, yo, come by my house. Let's watch this fight. Let's do this. Let's do that. So it's like, I still enjoy the thing, but I'm just not a partier. I'm not Mm -hmm. just that. Like, hey, let's go to a restaurant. Let's go like a bubble tea spot as opposed to the club. Like, I'm not a club guy. I'm not like, let's go to a concert type person. But I have been to my first concert in New York. Like, whatever. Which concert was that? Yo, so this is Power Networking. Someone I met on LinkedIn who I picked up from the airport. He's like, yo, you want to go to a concert? I was like, yeah, sure. Who's the concert? He was like Nas and Wu Tang. I was like, yo, no I've way. Been to a concert and I see Nas and Wu Tang. And I was like, yo, that Wait, was like. You said you'd never been to a concert? Nah, nah, dude. Man, I haven't lived life, man. I'm just like a <laughs> grinder and poor and stuff like that. So yeah. Nas and Wu Tang. Wow. I didn't even know the Wu Tang were still. Were no, still they still around. perform. It was like a New York State of Mind tour and Buster Rhymes was it. It was a good concert, man. Man, I was, those guys I have was, got to be in their 60s now. <laughs> dude, like, they're like 50s. And they were yeah. like, yo, we've been doing this 30 years. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. And yeah. it was good. It was definitely like worth it. I'm glad I went. Yeah, you and I got to talk later, man. I'm all about Wu-Tang and Nas. So I always love it to link up with fellow hip-hop enthusiasts, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But I wanted to step back because No Degree Podcast, I mean, is it exclusively people who haven't gotten a degree and they've managed to find career success or do you ever have people who have degrees or is that the selection criteria obviously right now i keep the podcast very specific i only have Mm -hmm. people without degrees who have found success now i have had a handful of people who have had degrees one guy wrote a book called the 12 lies about college Mm -hmm. another guy wrote another book 
it's like skip college for success or something. I will make exceptions, yeah. right? Like if they have a degree, I think the rock has a degree, but if I got the rock on the podcast, I'm going to have, <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry, Dwayne. No, it's not, you know, we, we yeah. have our so it's, standards. if I'm going to bring someone on and break the rule, it has to be that they have a following that it's going to help grow the podcast. It has to support the long term because if once I start having everyone, it just becomes a general success Pretty podcast. Long. And that's like sure. so old and it's not specific. So it's like, I want it to be more specific. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the next thing I wanted to ask you about is like we launched this podcast and it's just been such an amazing journey because the conversations I have, what I'm learning, the connections I'm forming, the community, it's like this force multiplier, right? Tell me more about sort of what podcasting has meant for you in terms of the journey. You started the podcast, what, two years ago? How long yeah, has it been? About What's three, the... man. It's like hitting has three. It been three I started like end of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Walk me through that. What has it meant to you This uh, no. like in terms of the journey and what you've gotten out of it? It's meant so much, man, because I've met so many good people. I've yeah. interviewed stories. I love podcasting. I love being interviewed. I love talking to people. I get so much insight into their journeys. Like I'm always learning something new. It's funny. People be like, oh, you're such an amazing host. And I'm like, dude, I ask the same questions on every <laughs> podcast. Like maybe yeah. I'll change like one or two. But a lot of it comes down to like, I'm interested in their story. I'm interested in the guests. Like, I don't even make money off the podcast, but it's like, I would still do it. Like, there's no way I'm stopping this. This is something I'm doing. I don't even know when I would ever stop. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've interviewed amazing people. Like I got to interview Demetrius Johnson. He's one of the greatest fighters of all time, like top mm -hmm. five fighters. He was the first flyweight champion in UFC history. He set the record for title defenses or something like that. And I used to watch him in college, man. Me and my friends used to watch him. And it's like, yo, I have his number now. He texted, he yeah. said, yo, come on my podcast. And it's cool, man. It's like podcasting enabled that, right? It's enabled me so many opportunities. And it's really opened me up because I never would have known I would have loved that. It's like one of those things mm -hmm. like, how do you find out you love podcasting? Right? right? How do you find out you love interviewing people? It's like, you just have to try it. And I'm like at 120 episodes, but I'm still just getting started, man. So it's like, yeah. and I have so many people like, I want to get a Nas. I want to get someone from the Wu-Tang Clan on, that would be right? a phenomenal one. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, I hope to get it to one day where I have like a studio in New York City and I get to interview these people and have the video and have a channel and it's like, I'm making money off the podcast so I could fly these people out and all that. But I'm excited, man. I get excited on podcasts. Absolutely, man. It totally lights me up also. Is there any one particular guest? I always say like, when people say, who's your favorite guest? It's kind of like asking a parent like who their favorite kid is. But if you are hard pressed to say, hey, you know, this was a, Great conversation that I got a lot out of and that resonated with the audience. Yeah, Demetrius Johnson, because I'm a big MMA fan. I'm an assistant wrestling coach and all that. So it's like, I used to watch this guy. I watched his rise. I've seen him mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's like, yo, this is a guy watched him. And, you know, the funny thing is he's one of the greatest of all time in his area. And he's still humble, still mm -hmm. like treats me like I'm a friend. Like, right. He still treats me like as if I'm his only fan kind of thing. It's just amazing. And then the other one was JT McCormick. He was a CEO. He is a CEO of Scribe Media. He, oh, okay. his dad yeah. had like a lot of kids. It was like 13 kids. His dad was a drug dealer and a pimp. He mm. grew up in a very hard life in the 70s, half black, half white. And just like, man, like he learned how many days each month had because they were on food stamps. And he knew the months with 31 days, they'd be hungry at the end of the month. Oh, so man. it was like, he grew up wow. tough, man. And it's just like, such a humbling story. And it's one of those books, like I shed a tear when I read the ending. Like it was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's incredible. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I 
have this love-hate relationship with social media and technology. But I mean, this is a prime example. Like I would have never connected with yeah. you unless I was at some South Asian mixer in, yeah. <laughs> in New York City or something. There's no way like, you know, if it wasn't for like a Twitter space, I think it was yeah. uh, was that we met. But, you know, I think it is amazing. I try to really look at what it's doing for my network, just in terms of the potential for future collaboration, not just between me and the people, but maybe it'll inspire other people to start their own podcast or yeah. tell their own story. Who knows? Yeah. You know? The other thing about the podcast that I love is as I'm growing more and I'm getting busy and I'm charging more, I know mm -hmm. there are people who can't afford my services, Sure, but I want to make sure that they still have access to me in some shape or form. And people ask me the same question. How do I break in? I'm working as XYZ and I'll be like, hey, go listen to that episode and learn how he did it or learn how she did it, learn how they did it. And that's fine. Yeah. Now they're still getting the advice. Oh, I have an interview. I'm like, look, I'm kind of booked or this is how much I care. Oh, I can't afford that. And I was like, hey, listen to the third episode, how to prepare for an interview. So I'll still give them resources and stuff because again, my goal is to help people. Yes, I want to make money, but I don't want to do it at the expense of like forgetting about people and be like, hey, you, I'll only help you if you make you know, you can pay me like a thousand bucks. And it's like, no, I want to make sure right. that because I was that kid too, right? Who only had, you know, very little and who didn't have that money. But do they not deserve opportunity? So it's like, I want to release as much free resources for people as I can. Yeah, it's like, I think you were saying like your quote, like you're like giving is your fuel, right? Yeah. So it sounds like that's kind of like at the heart of this whole mission and everything. And so the podcast makes sense to me. I mean, I understand like, you know, the guests you bring on and sort of the, the overall message. I want to understand a little bit more about the actual company, No Degree, because you did mention the resume writing service, but tell me a little bit more about some of the services that you provide to your clients. I'd love to so hear more about that. I'm going to launch a resume course because I've done okay. so many. So that way people can do it themselves because it's like four or five hours of content. Like it really mm -hmm. covers everything so that you can really learn the ins and outs. And it has like sample resumes, sample cover letters, sample all these things. Now, the other thing is, we're working on a trade school learning education platform okay. in that area. It's like, you'll learn what are the trade schools? What do they have? How much do they cost? What do people think about them? What are the accessibility options? And it'll have online courses. It'll have boot camps because people are dropping so much money on boot camps. And I want to get people to look at the other options before they commit to it. So that's one aspect. Then the other thing is it has job postings. So if you don't have a degree, mm -hmm. check out the job postings. And then yeah. just a lot of content, like what is a welder? How much do they get paid? How do you become a welder? What do we overall think about the career? Who is it good for? So we'll be like, mm -hmm. hey, look, if you don't like getting physical, you don't like having odd hours, don't be a welder, right? If you're a plumber, you're going to have to deal with shit sometimes. Like it's just right. how it is. Like we don't want to say rainbows because I've read books and we'll recommend books and resources. I've read books. One book was about firefighter duty. It was like 20 pages. It was just like, yes, being the firefighter is the greatest thing to humanity. Nothing about fighting <laughs> fires. Like, it was just like, yo, it's just really? so amazing. I was like, yo, this <laughs> is not a good resource. So that's yeah. the real thing. And eventually I want to just form partnerships with a company like, hey, Google is hiring 20 people without college degrees. Here's a program and all that. Yeah. Do you guys have like assessments or tools to help guide people like into a career yeah. path that sort of aligns with their so, strengths and weaknesses? I mean, that's why I tell people listen to podcasts because we really talk mm -hmm. about, I tell what stories do you resonate with? What stories don't you resonate with? That should give you an idea. So I'm a UMAP certified career coach. They actually use Gallup's strength finder test and okay. they combine what it is, with some I'm other. Sorry, what was that? You said UMAP? UMAP. So they okay. use Gallup, you know, the poll thing, sure. but they have a very good career thing and it combines it with other areas. And then it'll give you like a whole profile of like, hey, you like work with people. You like collaboration. You 
don't like organization. And for that profile was like the single most important thing. So mm-hmm. I will build out services related to that. So people get a better idea. It's like one of those things that people don't value it, man. They just think like, ah, oh, I just know myself. And it's like, yeah, you'd be surprised. Like, I wish I did these things earlier. It saves you years of your life to figure out things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to understand, like, I think I had heard on a podcast you were talking about some of the limitations of what job boards are like today. Tell me a little bit more about that because like it's been a while since I've submitted an yeah. application, but I'm thinking of like Indeed or is Monster still around? I don't even know. Yeah, it remember, is. It but, is. Yeah. <laughs> what are some limitations you're seeing with job posting sites these days? Like, so you look, feel like you they go, don't cater to people with... Yeah, so you go to LinkedIn, you go to a career builder, you go to the other sites. You can still get jobs without a college degree, but again, an employer who's going there, that may not be their first option. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. no degree.com, you're going to know that this employer actually does not hold it against you, that they value equally. And these employers are pro having people and they focus more on skills. So that's like the value, just a niche and a lot more on content. Like the other places have content, but that's not mm-hmm. their main focus. Like, so I have the podcast. I'm going to have like a whole ecosystem. I'm on Twitter, right? You're not going to get the CEO of Indeed on Twitter giving career right. advice, right? It's a different thing. So it's like that's where I come in. And it's just, so you're injecting more of your personality, sort of like your signature or your footprint yeah. on a lot of the services yeah. you're offering. Yeah. And then my thing is I don't have shareholders. So right. It's all me. Right. So that's why it's like I've been broke for a long time because of it. Mm. But man, I'm not going to sacrifice the mission to get money. Like if I can make money and do the mission, cool. But I'm not going to make money just for the soul's sake. Like, look, I charge somewhere around 500 to like 2000 for resumes but would i charge mm. someone who's like a high school kid that no i'd be like look i have someone else they can work with you here's this like or i'd be like hey if you can get like 20 high school kids together i'll do a free session on resume writing so for whereas like if i work for a company they're not going to do that you know it's everything yeah. has to be like oh this enhances our brand this does xyz it's like no i love connecting with people who don't subscribe to that transactional mindset i'm thinking about like networking and you know it's funny i meet with people and they're already giving me advice and they're already telling me about some mastermind class that they've got yeah. for $5,000. I'm like, it's almost like you can't be a hammer in search of a nail. What's the saying? It's like, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the point is you want to help people. And it invariably, it comes back to you because who knows that high school kid you're helping out, who knows what they'll be off to do next, yeah. you know, in their next phase of life. And then they could be a potential partner or refer business back to you. So, I mean, it's always very refreshing, I think, to hear from entrepreneurs who have the long view. Yeah. And then the other thing is I tell people, look, the podcast is free. All the articles are free. Like there's more than enough to at least make good headwind. It's so it takes like someone's time that I have to pay or takes my time. Like I do a lot for free, but it's also like. I only need to make money so I can reinvest to grow the company so I can give away mm-hmm. more stuff for free. Like that's my philosophy. Right, right. And then where do you see no degree heading from here? You mentioned helping with trade schools and things like that. Like what is some of the things you see on the horizon for? Uh, yeah, no so look, resume course, that's definite because I need money to inject back in. Actually, here's the thing. I don't take any money from no degree. I just make money mm. off my day job and I have two businesses on the side, but I don't even take that. I just give my business partners that because since I have a full-time job, I want to be very fair to them. And all the money just goes back into investing into a camera, this equipment, paying my workers, growing this or podcast ads and all that stuff. 
And I'll tell you, I don't do these five year plans, and I'll tell you right. why because who knows what's going to happen. I do more like I mean, would anyone plan. have expected COVID? How would yeah, you, like you know, so everybody's five year plan was terrible, and yeah. then I have like a three month plan. So right now, three month is like, hey, get my resume course out. By end of the year, just like start charging more for my services since I have a job and I've written over 400 resumes. So get more high profile clientele. I've actually mm -hmm. got more who are paying more. I got a few, so it's good. Then the next thing is eventually reinvest money into content. So articles, all that stuff, do the trade school stuff, then grow that portion of the business, invest in SEO to get mm -hmm. the site ranking more for more partnerships. And the end goal is to compete with Indeed, Monster, and all that. And then I'll always win on the diversity angle. I'm going to be like, hey, where were these people 10 years ago? They only care about diversity now because they see you as dollar signs and right. they're virtue signaling, but they don't actually care about you. The CEO. It's a marketing is, strategy. Yeah, it's right? a, and it's a pure marketing strategy. So it's like, do you trust this company to have your best interest? Once things change, they're going to drop you at the dime. Look at how their organization hires. Look at their board. What do they have? Who do they hire? Who do they work with? And so I'm yeah. going to attack it from that angle and I'm going to go for it. Look, I'll create better content. I'll be better on Twitter. I'll be better on that. So it's like, I want to be like big on Twitter so I could just like really just promote, have good things, have fun and do spaces where I'm just giving away. Because if I can make money other ways, I'll just go on Twitter for free. Be like, yo, what do you have? Show up to a space. Go ask a question. Yeah. You mentioned one word that I did want to yeah. make sure we touch on is diversity. I'd be remiss because obviously, you know, both of us being of South Asian descent yeah. and that's kind of what our platform is about mental health, but other issues, yeah. but just within the South Asian diaspora. I want to hear your views on culture, your perspectives in terms of the South Asian experience and careers in terms of what the pressures were and what the pressures continue to be for people in this demographic, like yeah. about getting the, you know, Ivy League degree and the doctor, lawyer, engineer yeah. track. Yeah. It's broken. Like mm -hmm. I have an Ivy League degree, right? And my parents right. were so happy, but eventually they're just not happy, right? Like it's never <laughs> enough for them, right? Yeah. It's like you got to be a doctor, astronaut, lawyer, all this stuff. And it's broken because you just push kids into these careers and then these kids believe they like it and they spend this, you know, especially when you're a doctor, you're spending the six, eight, 10 years in school and you get the job. And it's different. It's not school. Yeah. School is so different. And it's not the job you expected. And then you're stuck in this career. So you get these people who are depressed. And then the other people is they people go for status. Like, I'm a doctor. I've seen mm -hmm. people like, oh, you can only become a doctor. Doctors are the best. And it's like, okay, what about the ambulance driver who's you yeah. know actually going on the scene, right? Who's getting paid peanuts. And then what about the nurse that helps? What the about nurse, even the right. mechanic and all that stuff who help these operations? So it's like, stop look, cool, you did a lot. But it's like, I also think sometimes it's just long for the sake of being long and it could be shorter and it could be more effective because my friends in med school, dental school, they say they forgot everything, right? After the <laughs> yeah, board, they change. just study for the board. I mean, things, things change, change and, and things update. And, and I mean, the healthcare system in this country, and this is a whole other topic because part of our business is stem cell therapy, which is providing yeah, yeah. people with different options just besides yeah. surgery and medication. You want to talk about broken. I mean, the healthcare system in oh, this country okay. is completely effed up, man. It's unfortunate because it's become like an assembly line and it's very similar to education yeah. you know, where it's not about really helping the patient. And no, it's not. I don't want to get on a big pharma rant here, but the whole thing is drug companies. The saying is it's not that they want to get people better. They want to sell people more drugs. Yeah. Right. And so that's the thing is I think it's important for people to wake up and sort of smell the coffee because it's like medicine ain't what it used to be because it's just like, yes, 
that title may confer some artificial renown or some prestige. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think people have a very different opinion about physicians than they did maybe in a simpler time. It's not necessarily the doctor's fault. It's just the way that the industry has evolved or devolved as a case. The big thing that I want to like really touch on is that a lot of these people who do it for status, they just go through the motions. And like a, a lot of doctors have this superiority complex. Like, sure. hey, I'm high on the food chain. You got to listen to me, blah, blah, blah. I mean, look, there are plenty of, also of good doctors, right? Of so there are plenty yeah. of good doctors who are really doing out there, you know, who are really trying to change the world. So don't think I'm all anti-doctor. But then there's also good, just like any career. It's just like any profession. You have some people who care, some people who don't care, some people who are purely in it for money. I know a lot of doctors, they go into it and then, for the real estate. So it's like, they don't care about you. They care about making money. So it's like, right. let's get the stigma off that they're better people than you. They're not. They're regular people. They, they're they doing a job that's helpful to society, but so many jobs are helpful. The janitor is also essential too, mm-hmm. right? The people mm-hmm. who clean the operating rooms, right? The nurses, the, assistant, yeah. the people who make the devices. So I tell yeah. people like, choose your career based on what you actually want to do, what you're interested in, what you like doing. Don't just choose it based on, you know, what someone else says because it's your life they're not going to be the one paying the bills and all that. And, you know, that's- Yeah, rip up the templates. I mean, that's our whole thing is just don't go by what some cookie cutter definition of what it it means, right? What are your other thoughts about cultural implications? Yeah. I also think that learning should be, we should be more creative and push towards other things because it's like, I'm doing things that like very few people of my skin color are doing, right? Yeah. Like I'm going on Twitter. Yeah, we're one of the few, there aren't that many- Indians, Bengalis, like that many people yeah. on Twitter. It's more like Instagram, that. which is unfortunate. Yeah. I think Twitter is like a hidden gem, but yeah, yeah that's, that's it a is. good point. And then just like different careers, different things, different strengths. And it's okay not to do well in school. Like I tell people to try, do your effort, but sometimes some environments are not right for you. We should push more kids to sports, towards other things, right? And I do know that law is one of the areas, like it's like doctor, dentistry, like the sciences and maybe the finance, but law is like, so I want to see more diversity in that. I will say that, look, put your kids, make sure whatever tutoring I'm fine with, but don't overdo it, right? There's a certain point where the kids are going every day after school for several hours to a point where you do other activities, because I'm telling you like the discipline I got from wrestling outpaces the discipline. Like I passed the actuarial exam. I know how to study for hundreds of hours and sitting down, right? Other kids. It's just have them do things they enjoy, right? It's about life, you know? Like I look back and that's why I'm an assistant wrestling coach, right? It's mm-hmm. something I enjoy and mm-hmm. we need more of that. And the other thing is, so you want to have that. Then, yeah, the diversity and activity, diversity and all these things, we need it. And I think as a culture, we just need to be more supportive of people who do different things because For we're sure. so supportive of doctors and all that and supportive of different things because, you know, it's, what's very sad is that I can't rely on my community to support my business, right? They'll pay for tutoring. They'll pay for this. They'll pay 200K for student loans. When it comes to resume, no, we're not going to pay for that. It's not, mm. you know, it's like interview clip. No, no, people do it. So it's like, I will never rely on my own community. And that's something I will always remember that I could not rely yeah. on my own community because they're not the ones who are going to pay me. They're not the ones who are going to give me referral. And it's really sad. There's so many over here. And it's like, I could do your resume and it's like, I'm going to get you a job. I'm going to get you like a 10, 20, 30 K raise, or I could get you a job, you know, 50 to 200 K, but you don't find that valuable because you're so Mm -hmm. used to only paying for certain things. So we got to stop being so cheap as a community and be reinvesting. I mean, are you seeing a lot of South Asian clients for no degree or is it mostly from here and there? I mean, I did get a Southeast Asian client 
not from Bangladesh, but I do get him here there, you know, through social media. But a lot of them just have that, hey, I could do this myself. You know, mm-hmm. I could do a resume and they don't realize like, dude, I'm not just doing something that you could find on the first page of Google. Like I'm coming with years of experience. I know the sure. game inside and out. But, you know, look, it's and their you've choice. learned from a lot of people. You've had so many conversations. Yeah, and it, it sounds like it's not just something like you said, you can just like type in how do I get a job without yeah. a degree? This is based on you become a sponge that you absorb these lessons from so yeah. many people, right? Who've yeah. been in the trenches. Yeah, I've um, gotten people raises in the 40K to 120K range. So it's like, yeah. you're not paying just for the resume. You're paying for the expertise that lands you that job that's going to change your life, right? Yeah, I will say though, Janai, I will say I am taking some heart in the, I think the tide is turning a little bit in that yeah. regard in terms of, you know, what it means to be a successful South Asian. And that's it's what's, changing. I don't think like, first of all, podcasting didn't exist 30 years yeah. ago, but I'm just thinking about like, if I'd been on this journey 30 years ago, if I was trying to do this, it was a different time. You know, yeah. there were not, you know, South Asian representation in entertainment was Apu from the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there wasn't a lot of people like you and me on the big screen. And now we have so many shows on Netflix. We have a lot of stand-up comedians. And it's, Aziz, it's, it's does Aziz Ansari and Hassan Minhaj. And they're oh, both very yeah, good. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. You know, I've been told like, I'm like a, a poor man's, well, it's, sometimes it's either Carlton from the Fresh Prince yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or Aziz Ansari or some cross between yeah, the yeah. two. But I will say, I feel good about that, that 30 years ago, there was a very it was that whole BS model minority myth, you know, yeah, where yeah. we were just the kids who never got in trouble. We were always the straight A students. And, you know, now we're just proving that we can be just as dysfunctional as, as yeah. white people. Right? Yeah. So, and, and we need so more of that because yeah. let me tell you, there are so many dysfunctional people who have who are model whatever. Yeah. And they're dysfunctional once you know their home life, once you know how they actually are. They're very dysfunctional. And it's like we just need to be more real as a community, just be OK with different things change our definition of success and just support each other more, right? Instead of tearing each other down. Absolutely. I'm just loving this conversation, but is there anything else you want to touch on? I mean, we've gone through so many things here, but my final message is double down on your strengths. Find out what those strengths are and double down on them because that's when you're going to be happy. That's when you're going to have more success. Focus on the long term. Don't focus on short term. But when you double down on your strengths, you find out so much about yourself. You really push your boundaries. You really learn who you are and you have a much better idea of what your purpose is. Awesome. I love that. That was beautiful. Well, thanks so much, Janayad. And tell me again, how can people find you? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Janayad, J-O-N-A-E-D, Iqbal. I'm the only person with that spelling. You can find me on Twitter, no degree, D-O-T-C-O-M. Check out the No Degree podcast on your favorite platform. Or you can go to nodegree.fm. And if you want to learn more about careers, check out nodegree.com. Okay, awesome. So, Janai, thanks again so much, man. It was a real pleasure to talk to you. And I'm really excited, uh, really supportive of what you're doing with No Degree. And really excited to see all the change you're affecting and all the lives you're going to be touching in the future. So keep it up, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And if you ever want to do this again, love to do it. Would love to. Would love to. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. For more of these types of conversations, please visit us at untetheryourlife.co. You can also find us on Instagram at untetheryourlife, as well as on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms by searching for Untether Your Life. And if you did enjoy this episode, please leave us a review or share it with someone who might also benefit. Thanks, and until the next time we meet, 
stay untethered.